The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What happens when a man's fetish destroys an entire country? True story. And then in this copyrighted episode of Dead Rabbit Radio, we're going to take a look at the story of Missing 411. Specifically, the biggest question everyone has about Missing 411, where are the missing people going? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another copyrighted episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day too. We got a bunch of stuff to cover, so we're gonna get started right away. First off, let's give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreon supporters walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now. Everyone give a big round of applause for Vizelhorn. Woo yeah! Give him a round of applause as he's being pushed in to the fetish episode. You never know when you support this show what episode you're gonna end up on. Vizelhorn, you're gonna be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally get it. Just help spread the word about the show really, really helps out a lot. Now, Vieselhorn, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're taking a nice leisurely journey all the way out to the country formerly known as Yugoslavia. I got to give a shout out to Johnny Thunder Aura Cat. Johnny is a member of our Patreon Discord, and they're the ones who introduced me to the story. So to my delight and to all of your guys' suffering, you can thank or blame Johnny. Fascinating story. You know, we're looking at a lot about what's going on in the Ukraine right now with Russia, and we're looking at like these protests all over the world, all this civil unrest that seems to be going on. And when we think about history, we tend to think of, you know, the first shot, of the Revolutionary War, or like the dude who was like walking around in Vietnam and being like, hmm, I'm going over there. And they're like, no, no, no. And then like an invasion. I don't know much about the history of Vietnam, but you know what I mean? Like you have, we always think it's these big moments, right? When we think about World War II, when we think about the United States entering World War II, it's Pearl Harbor, right? Ben Affleck's running away from bombs and stuff like that. And we all felt bad for him. So we invaded. So But what really happens is there's usually a lot of little things that lead up to this. Maybe maybe there was a guy who threw his ball in Vietnam and it like rolled over to the south and he's like, well, I I guess I got to invade now. So it's the little things sometimes. And that's why I really, really love this story. It's May 1st, 1985, and we're in the town of Gilan, Kosovo. And at this point... Yugoslavia was still like a country. You had Kosovo was like an autonomous region. You had Serbia was like a state. Nowadays, try finding any of the stuff on the map. They're all individual countries. But at this point, you had the full country of Yugoslavia. It was a pretty diverse country. You had a lot of Christians, a lot of Muslims. You had like the, like the ethnic, original ethnic group that lived there. And it was all getting chopped up and rearranged and all this stuff due to all these world wars and things like that. But it was diverse, but it was also a very, very uneasy alliance. 
You had the Albanians who tended to be Muslims. You had the Serbians who tended to be Orthodox Christians. And, and neither of them liked each other. They're living next to each other. They're sharing this country. Things aren't going well. But there's actually laws against nationalism, or there were laws against nationalism in Yugoslavia. You couldn't walk around, you know, because they just had to deal with World War II and they could see where it would go. So they're like, you can't walk around and talk about how you guys are the true citizens of the country you can't be like yo yugoslavia first yugoslavia first we're barely maintaining things right now they didn't have the freedom of speech to say how great their country was or how great their ethnic group was or particular state it was against the law but on may 1st this dude shows up at a local hospital his name is dordi martinovic he's a 56 year old guy and he comes walking into the hospital and he's like Ow. Ow, ow, ow. And they're like, oh, okay, we know, we know exactly, we can tell, we've worked at this hospital for a long time, we can tell exactly where this patient needs to go, let's get him into a bed, stat, and make sure he's laying on his stomach when he walks in, and like, the new nurse working there is like, what, what, he's just, he's just doing this little weird dance, how do you know how he's supposed to lay down on a bed, and the doctor on duty turns and looks, says, I'll bet you 50 bucks, that man has something stuck up his butthole. And he did. <laughs> the doctor they didn't actually make bets on how these people were sick. It's a narrative device. But if it was, the doctor would have won. Because Dorday had a bottle, a soda bottle, stuck up his butthole. And eventually, the doctors, as they're trying to remove this bottle, which I should clarify right here, it was not, it wasn't the narrow end up. You can imagine a glass Coca-Cola bottle. It wasn't the part you put to your lips and go, ah, refreshing. It was, the, it was the much wider, much harder piece to get up a human butthole. And the doctors are asking as they're laughing, as they're openly laughing at this guy. So what happened? How could this bottle get up your butthole? They're already taking bets. They're already taking bets on how it happened. He goes, so I'm sitting there. I'm working in my field. I'm a simple man, right? These two Albanians showed up. These two Albanians showed up, and they said, Hey, hey, you, you look like you could use a refreshing Coca-Cola. And I was like, No, no, sir, no, I already drank a Coca-Cola. It was quite refreshing. This episode sponsored by Coca-Cola, by the way. And these two Albanians, one held me down, and the other one took this bottle, shoved it up my butthole. Now, this hospital could not get the bottle out. So they had to imagine they had to airlift him to another hospital. He's like hanging on a harness. Everyone's looking up. They're like, hey, look at that beer bottle's in his butthole. They fly him to this other hospital, and the doctors there are trying to get it out. And they wrote in their records that this would be impossible to do yourself. Like, you would need at least two people. <laughs> Apparently, they've, they've done this too. They did it at some frat party a long time ago. You would need at least two people to stick this bottle up this dude's butt. But they are able to remove it. And since a crime's been committed, the authorities come in and, you know, he's been able to tell the doctors, yeah, these two Albanian dudes walked up, they stuck this Coca-Cola bottle up my butthole. But now the investigators are talking to him. And you had the you had a colonel of the army, of the Yugoslav People's Army, come in and he's talking to him and he's like, hey, so you want to file a report? You want to say these Albanians shoved this Coke bottle up your butthole? And they're getting the report. And the police actually, as this dude's talking to him, the police start to suspect that this story's not true. I mean, he clearly did have a bottle in his bum, but they don't think that two Albanians did it. Stuff's not sitting right with them. 
One, the fact, the fact that he kept requesting more Coke bottles during the interview. He's like, oh, I'm so thirsty. Glug, glug, glug. And then he like set it on the chair. They don't believe him when he's telling the story. They don't believe him. And through the course of this interrogation, Dondre actually goes, okay, okay, I got to be honest with you guys. This is between you and me, right? You write this down in any official documents, right? I like having stuff put up my butthole. And so I was in the field, you know, it was a long day at work. I had, a, I worked hard, time for a break. I took the bottle and I stuck a big stick in the ground. And then I put the bottle, the open part on the stick. And then I sat, I forced myself to sit down on the bottle and I started masturbating. And then the bottle got stuck in my butthole. The police take that report. They're like, okay, that's kind of what we thought, right? And the authorities bring in another team of doctors. And the team of doctors knowing this now say, you know what? That actually would make sense. Like based on the circumference, they're looking at this inflamed butthole. They go, based on that story and the stuff we're seeing, he did it himself. He stuck a stick in the ground. He forced it in. It got stuck. It's unfortunate. So case closed, right? The authorities go, listen, nine times out of ten when something's in your butthole, you put it there, right? I don't know if that's an actual police statistic, but they figured that's what happened. And so you're going, Jason, what does any of this have to do with the destruction of the country of Yugoslavia? He said Albanians did it, and I get that probably caused a bunch of hate crimes or something like that. But now he's clearly admitting that it was a lie, that he just wanted to get a hard-on in the middle of his field, sat on a Coca-Cola bottle. It's really interesting because he gets the the police do say, listen, we're not going to investigate this. He actually confessed that he did it himself. He then, once he's relieved from police interrogation, once he has a nice cold bottle of Coca-Cola in his hand, he says, oh, no, 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 no. I lied to the cops. I told the truth the first time. I lied to the cops because they told me if I said this, that my children would be given government jobs. So I actually... Told the truth the first time, lied the second time. Truthfully, the Albanians did it. These two Albanian dudes held me down, stuck a Coke bottle in my butthole. What's so fascinating about this, right, is the media ran with this story. And they took the story of this guy who most likely stuck it up his own butthole. But they they were like, this is, we all knew Albanians were bad all along. These, you, at any point... You, you simple young men there could be working in the fields and a bunch of Albanians will show up, start sticking stuff up your butthole. In fact, they've stuck stuff up all of our buttholes. Us as Orthodox Christians, we all have a giant Coke bottle in our butthole right now. And they ran with this as a culture war. And this is so interesting. They were comparing the Albanians to the atrocities of Vlad the Impaler the atrocities of the Turkish Empire, who famously impaled their political opponents. There were poems written about this, dude. There were poems, Ode to a Coke Bottle in My Anus. There were poems written about this man who was defiled. It came to the point where there was a painting of Dorde Martinovic crucified on a cross and instead of a Roman soldier, this is no joke. I'm not making this up. They had a painting of him crucified on a cross. And instead of a Roman soldier holding a spear, 
like in the portrait of Jesus on the cross, it's the drawing of an Albanian holding a Coca-Cola bottle. Again, this is the absolutely worst product placement. He's holding a Coke or soda bottle, technically. I don't think they actually said what brand it was. I just have Coke on my mind. There's a painting of him crucified and an Albanian holding a Coke bottle. Historians think that this was one of the preceding events to the Serbian-Kosovo War, where you had the Orthodox Christians and the Albanians killing each other in the streets. Like, this was one of the preceding events. It wasn't, it wasn't the last straw before the Yugoslavian Civil War, but it was one of the straws, right? It was one of those things that when people were finally, like, loading up guns to go out and kill people, this was something that was on their mind. We let the Albanians stick a Coke bottle up this dude's butthole. Now it's time to go take back the land. It's super weird, and I find it fascinating that history... When we read history books, it seems to just pivot quickly, like this happened and this happened, but there's all these other little factors leading up to it. Fascinating story, right? History, just the way history works. And because of this, you had a bunch of emotions running high and you were able to base it off of old sins, right? What the Ottoman Empire was doing to the Serbians and stuff that was going on right now. And what's weird is he probably did it himself, right? He probably, the whole time when the Civil War breaks out, he's like, ah, I probably should have just, I probably should have just admitted that I like stuff up my butt when I masturbate as buildings are getting blown up and he's watching tanks. He's like, uh, I guess it's a little too late for that now, though. Wiesel Horn, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind, what, what's it even called now? Again, it's like a bunch of different countries. We're leaving behind the remnants of Yugoslavia. We are headed all the way out to a U.S. national forest. First off, let me say the reason why I'm doing the whole copyright, this is copyrighted bit, is David Pauletti's the guy who created the theory of missing 411, which in a nutshell is people go missing in national parks and the government is covering it up. It's kind of hard to find stats for it. When they go missing in national parks, they're either never found or their body is found in some remote location that they couldn't have gotten to normally, like a three-year-old boy being found on the cliff face with his shoe and like a crevice. And it's this mysterious stuff. The original theory was Bigfoot was doing this. And that got pushed to the side because Bigfoot just is... That's kind of a lame theory, right? Bigfoot stay, oh, me Bigfoot, me throw your shoe on cliff. Like, it doesn't really, it doesn't really capture the imagination. What's really interesting is by the time Missing 411 got popular, the books were out of print. He came out with these books, they kind of landed with a thud, honestly. I had never heard of them for years and years. Mysterious Universe covered them and they became super famous. And now, uh, he had, David Pauletti's has this weird quirk when he watches YouTube videos. He walks out on the screen and he goes, Hi, uh, my name's David Pallades. He pronounces his name correctly. He does pronounce it correctly. He goes, Hi, I'm David Pallades, and this is a copyrighted video. And you're like, what? Because people are so often referencing his stuff that he says this is copyrighted, so you can't reference the video. It's absolutely bizarre. You can't copyright a fact. You just I, People do that to my show. Every so often, people send me YouTube videos or I stumble across YouTube videos where they'll take the research I did and present it as their own. You can't copyright a fact. You, I, I can get all the articles in the world and tell the most amazing story, and then you take that same story and you tell it and just rearrange the words. That, that's you, It's a factual. 
Yeah, I don't even think you can copyright a theory because I've had when I say let's put on our conspiracy caps and wrap this episode up and I'll kind of come up with a theory, my own theory. People will take those too. Whatever, right? I you can't copyright it. So if da- if David Pauletti is listening to this episode, you can't copyright it. It's it's weird that you say that. And I <laughs> and I copyright this episode, so you can't listen to it. But no, so we have this missing four one one thing, and we have David Pauletti's, who's quite the character himself. I, mean, I don't wish him any ill will, but it's just so weird when he does that. He doesn't like people cribbing his notes, so this is really awkward for me because <laughs> I copyrighted this episode too. David Pauletti's has never really put forth an idea of what's causing missing four one one. Again, sometimes Bigfoot is thrown around. As for doing this, but he's never really had a theory, but I came across someone who does. Someone who has figured out the mystery of missing 411. And this guy's not copyrighting it either. This guy's letting everyone have it for free. This guy may be the hero humanity needs. He's a super soldier. He's a psychic. And he may also be wanted for the murder of a Nevada state trooper, as we covered last week. It's Kevin Whiskey. Everyone give a big round of applause for Kevin Whiskey coming in here. I kind of went hard on him about a week ago, accusing him of an unsolved murder. But now Kevin Whiskey may have solved missing 411. So Kevin Whiskey is a man. What am I talking about? Kevin Whiskey is a legend. And he has the ability to remote view, where he sits there and he closes his eyes and he pretends he just daydreams, he just daydreams, right? And then he comes back with the answer. June 20th, 2019, Kevin Whiskey wrote this in his blog, mightandmagic.com. Who let him get that URL? That is great, dude. I think every dungeon master in America should be punished for letting him snag that one. He's sitting there and he's going to remote review Yosemite National Park. Originally, he's just trying to view the deep underground military base, or as known in conspiracy land, dumbs. Kevin Whiskey has infiltrated, his spirit has infiltrated the Yosemite National Park underground military base. Really, really bad security there, by the way. I bet your astral guards were sleeping that day. Actually, I don't even know why I'm making fun, because he almost did get caught, right? I shouldn't say that they don't have good security. As his spirit is floating through the military base, he starts to sense an inhuman presence. He's like, huh, what? He turns around, and walking down the hallway was an insectoid alien. Those are my favorites. So he's looking at this insectoid alien, and the alien is kind of like looking around, and then it's looking right at Kevin, and Kevin's just kind of floating there with little Casper, little Casper legs. He's like, ah, the insectoid somehow could tell a spirit had invaded the base. So he's floating around, and this insectoid alien's walking behind him. So he's like, oh, I better go somewhere. So he floats through a couple walls and ends up in a meeting room. And he sees the plans for Operation Deep Seed. And he's like, ugh. Now, he's a ghost, right? He's an astral guy. So now that I'm thinking about it, it's not like, it's not like he could rifle through their papers. All of these papers must have just been laid out perfectly, one after another, on the table, just in case a ghost came in to see him, because he's able to gleam all this information. First off, Operation Deep Seed is an operation to preserve the human culture. They're basically building a human ant farm which makes sense why there's an insectoid there 
Because they know they know their way around the ant farms. They're like, step one, get lots and lots of sugar just for me. Nom, 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 nom. Operation Deep Seed is this. Kidnap civilians, and you take them to a hidden location. Now, preferably, humans with German ancestry. This is something that isn't talked a lot about when you hear just overviews of Missing 411. I hadn't heard this detail. But Missing 411... When you go missing in the forest, it's almost always people of German descent. I never heard that piece of trivia, but that's straight from David Pauletti's as well. So it's snatching people up, preferably Germans, and taking them to a remote location. Now, it wants to take a bunch of Germans, but it knows it's a human ant farm. If you only had Germans there... They you could only reproduce so many times, and then eventually the babies are going to be all. Ugh. You have to have more diverse gene pool. Apparently, I, I don't know how the nation of Germany lasted this long. Apparently, Germans cannot have kids with other Germans more than a couple generations. I what? But anyways, so they also kidnap people. It's very diverse. This is very very inclusive. They kidnap people of all races. They want a bunch of Germans there, but, you know, they need to have, like, all these different races and ethnic groups as well. So you go, okay, now we've solved what's happening to these people. How are they getting kidnapped? Because the whole thing about Missing 4 and 1 is, like, you turn away for, like, just a minute or two and you turn back and your kid's gone. Your German ancestry kid is gone. That's when he discovered Operation Barn Owl. There also happened to be another set of documents all laid out perfectly for him to read this. Operation Barn Owl, it's these drones. It's these highly polished reflective steel drones that fly around the national parks. You remember seeing these? You remember when you went to the national park? You're like, hey, honey, look. Giant metal drone overhead. What happens is they fly around looking for Germans, looking for people of German ancestry, apparently has facial recognition because the government has picked you out before you even knew you were, <laughs> before you knew anything special about you. You go into the park and this barn owl, giant drone, human-sized drone, by the way, right? These things are like six feet tall. They fly around and they go, facial match, that is Joseph Rodriguez, I want him. And then the robot or the drone or whatever picks you up, takes you somewhere. So they pick you out ahead of time. And now I would assume, like, what if they picked me and I hate going outdoors? Do I win two tickets to Yosemite? Like, am I going to get a letter in the mail tomorrow? And it's like, wow, two free tickets to a place that I'm pretty sure is free to get into. Then they get me? I don't know. But anyways, these things fly around. They're targeting specific people. They scoop you up, and then they spray knockout gas in your face, which is a kind of extreme, right? I'm already trapped in a metal flying device. I'm not going <laughs> to break my way out and go, ah, ha, ha, you'll never catch me now as I plummet to my death. They knock you out with gas. You're brought to, again, I keep saying this location. This is really interesting. I'm so glad that Kevin Whiskey it has avoided capture by the authorities for that unsolved murder so he could tell us this information. Apparently, he... Apparently, these barn owls, they take all of us to a remote and fairly hostile location. I'm assuming mostly in downtown Detroit. And you are now hanging out with a bunch of people that you've never met before. And you have to survive. So I would be dropped there and there would be a bunch of other people. They'd say about 100 of us, right? 
and it would be super like cold. Uh, and then there's like wind blowing in our face. Uh, and then if people would be like, build a shelter. And someone else is like, no, we got to figure out a way out of here. And the watchers see how this community develops. And if this group of 100 people who have been all been kidnapped, no one knows where the plan is, they're all dropped off in this location, if they survive, then they will be welcomed into the human ant colony. If they tear themselves apart and become tribal and break up and all this stuff, and like there's like three different groups, and then the German ancestry group's taking us over, we're like, no! They will just all be killed. They'll be left in that remote location till everyone dies. So it's not like if you did have one group like bandy together and fight off all the other groups and be like, we won, there's only 20 of us left, but we are all from California or whatever. You, they're not going to let you in the human ant colony because obviously you're too tribal. You have to work together no matter what background, religion, ethnic group, anything like that. That's a really, really interesting point. I'm glad he was able to float around and see that document. Definitely an interesting story. This is a really interesting story idea. Like, I could see that. If, if um, I mean, he's not making this up. I don't know why I'm saying that. I'm not saying this, any of this is fictional. It's coming from a super soldier. It's obviously true. But if you wanted to write a novel, I think it would be kind of cool. I think that's kind of a cool story. He tried floating around more. He tried floating deeper into the base. But that is where they actually do start to have some sort of psychic barricades. Yosemite is like, we'll let, if you want to be a ghost and float around, we'll let you look at all these documents. But you can't float any lower. You can only look at this part. So that was the end of his dream. I mean, I mean, that was the end of his remote viewing experience. He also, at the very end of his story, he kind of throws this in, right? Because he has Operation Barnow and Operation Deep Seed. Apparently, there's a third, way cooler operation going on. It's called Operation Red Stalker. And that also operates, apparently, in the national parks, where instead of some drone, lame, Operation Red Stalker, identify, identify target, there he is, Carpenter, comma, Jason, copyrighted an episode from David Pauletti's, cyborgs dude human bioengineered cyborgs uh-oh root root entry tripping tripping i don't know how effective a cyborg would be in a forest right you're just like walking on the trail and you hear and you turn around it's just like this really slow 1980s film cyborg following you you're like ah then you step slightly off the trail and you like go over a couple bushes and stuff like that it's like ah cannot cannot get you mulberry bush my greatest weakness that would be dope though if i was going to get chased by a cyborg i hope it's a part of something called operation red stalker not operation coca-cola bottle because then I know what that cyborg really wants to do to me. Cyborgs! Bioengineered cyborgs. Maybe they don't move that slow, but that's still dope, right? Again, if I'm going to get kidnapped, please let a cyborg be part of it. So, there we go. I think this is actually, out of all the theories we have of missing 411, really we have that Bigfoot. That was the original theory, so these are all caused by Bigfoots. Secondly, I've heard that human U.S. soldiers are wearing camouflage suits and running around the national parks and kidnapping them. And my pushback to that always was, why there? Like, if you had the ability to kidnap people, why you might test it in America, but wouldn't it be better for you to be invisible in, like, another country and kidnap them? 
right? Go over to where, go, go start kidnapping presidents and prime ministers. You Like, all of a sudden you see Vladimir Putin giving a speech and then he just kind of vanishes, right? That would be dope. <laughs> not, not for the world. I'm sure that would cause massive chaos throughout Eastern Europe, but it'd be fine for us. I, I That's what I'd never understood. You could train them here for a while, but you would figure at this point there'd be invisible people all over, all over the world. This one makes more sense. Right? Humans being kidnapped, being tested, so only the best of the best. And really, when we say best, the most survival-focused and the most team-focused. You don't want to be trapped in a human ant farm with a bunch of people who can't work together. So, Kevin Whiskey, thank you for your service, man. We, I really appreciate it. When you do get arrested for murdering that police officer... I'll stand at your trial. Like, I will actually be a character witness for you. We'll play this podcast. I'll make sure a bunch of people are there to get free publicity for the podcast. And I will go on the stand and I'll go, Your Honor, listen, I know that he took that screwdriver and he brutally killed that man that he thought was a member of the Men in Black or a child that he beat to death with a baseball bat. I'm sorry, I'm putting so much in-jokes in there. You can check out that last episode. But, Your Honor, like, I know he's done all that horrible stuff. But he also told us what was underneath Yosemite. He told us about missing 411. So I think that should easily get this dude off. And at that point, the judge, he turns. He was a cyborg the whole time. This trial went on for six weeks. I didn't even notice that every time he moved, every time he picked up the gavel and went, eat, 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 eat. Anyways, now that we know what causes missing 411, we can stop it. We can stop it. I suggest that the next time you go to a national park, you break out your lederhosen, get a big old beer stein, and walk around singing old Himalayan songs or what Alp songs, whatever. You know the ones that the Ricola guy does? Just walk around. Just be a nuisance. Just be a general nuisance. Because then that drone's going to come after you. And you're going to get kidnapped. And then you will... I guess this isn't a great plan because you're going to be put in some hostile location. But then we'll finally know the truth. Make sure you have your cell phone on you or something. I don't know. Make sure you have a ball of yarn and you tie it to a tree so when the drone carries you off, it's unspooling yarn the whole way. Get kidnapped is what I'm saying. Prove that missing 411 is really a human ant farm. And then we can break the system. We can destroy the matrix. You and me together. Well, technically, <laughs> technically it's just you because you're the one getting kidnapped. But Kevin Whiskey, thank you so much for risking your astral body for our knowledge. It's men like you that ensure that we have the freedom of speech, the freedom to float, the freedom to float wherever we're at, and the freedom to copyright things, even things that can't be copyrighted. Ooh-ah, Kevin Whiskey. Ooh-ah. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. <laughs>